What is up, everybody? Mark here with my good friend, Mr. Ryan Muckenhern. And uh, who is your friend on the table here, Ryan? Well, that's a uh, that's Frank. a white that's a white-tailed deer. It's a skull that Jim found. And yeah, I got put in the podcast studio, and then you put the headphones on it today. Kind of cool. It does Ryan? Uh, I'd like to go rabbit hunting. Mark, I would like to go rabbit hunting with you, but I can't. Do you want to know why? Well, tell me. Because a couple of reasons. Number one, I'm still the proud owner of a Wisconsin archery buck tag and a Wisconsin rifle gun buck tag. None of that matters. It matters to me because it is the roadblock that's in my way of any small game hunting until those seasons are over. That's interesting. However, there's another roadblock. Maybe. I don't have a dog. You don't need a dog. You're trying to tell me that I don't need a dog to go rabbit hunting? Mark, I got a size 14 dog right there. Ooh, look at them. Got, look at them puppies. Them. I got two of them. No, you don't need a dog to hunt rabbits. And it sure is fun. It is fun. Hunting and, hunting rabbits with, especially like a beagle. Well, okay, let me, let me back up. Beagles, I'll say beagle individual or beagle plural, mm-hmm. um, are kind of a very interesting creature. In a group of any size, they can become just one organism. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, let's say you had six beagles. You could have six different brains going six different directions. You just never know. Sometimes beagles do things that we don't understand. But we had a wonderful interaction with a beagle just today. Oh. Lovely little dog. Just a cute little thing. Yep. But that's not what we're We're not here to talk about dogs, right? No. We're talking about no dog rabbit tactics. No dogs. What are your, uh, what are your rabbit tactics? How are, you, how are you approaching rabbit hunting mm-hmm. either by yourself or with a group, perhaps. I'll say the biggest thing is kind of like waterfowling. You got to have a spot that's got them there. You got yeah. to be on the axe, right? So, well, okay. Perfect segue. Yeah. What are we looking for? Depends on where we are at geographically, but here in south central Wisconsin, we have a pretty healthy cottontail rabbit population. Mm-hmm. Northern part of the state, you can get into snowshoe hares. Right. Not a rabbit. We always threaten to do that too, never do that. Well, one of us is holding up that end of the bargain. Let's keep talking. Oh, okay. About so habitat is everything. Rabbits aren't just everywhere. Although it might seem like it. You drive through a lovely small town, you might see a rabbit sitting on a lawn eating some Kentucky bluegrass or something of the sort. But they're not everywhere in the woods. If you can find an area that has great cover for rabbits, because they are kind of a flighty little critter, but that they can move through easily. Mm-hmm. There's a good food source there. There's somewhere that water can be found. Mm-hmm. There's areas where they can kind of den up or warren, if you will. Mm-hmm. You're likely to find rabbits. If you have a high predator population, like high predator density, that was a hard word to say. Yeah. You might not have that many rabbits. But if you can find the good habitat, you're likely to find them. Well, and you're going to find both, right? Sure. I mean, those coyotes and things of that nature aren't going to be there because there isn't that's, a food source. That's true. They depend on them. And what I have typically found and what you and I have found, because Mark and I actually have gone rabbit hunting together, a lot of times where rabbits are, it's very hard to get into. That's why the dog is handy. Yeah. So my first recommendation is you get you and a buddy and then another guy that you kind of like, but maybe not as much as your buddy. You send that guy into the briars. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so he gets all tangled up. but it, Don't wear your best clothes. No. He squirts the rabbits out, and you and your buddy take care of it. And I'm kind of joking, but not really. But Mark makes a good point. Somewhere out there, there's a person that has rabbit hunted with you, and and they're going, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, a lot of times there's a little bit of bloodletting going on. Yeah. So we got a lot of multiflora rose, blackberry, raspberry patches around here, which we exploit. We find rabbits in brush piles, things like that, where where they're kind of denned up, and and unfortunately you kind of got to go in there and get dirty. And unfortunately, it hurts quite a bit. And usually when we get done rabbit hunting, we're plucking thorns out. It's wintertime, so there's no wood ticks, but you just replace wood ticks with thorns. Mm-hmm. Basically, oh, another thing too. I've often found that overcast days are better for rabbit hunting than sunny days. I, I don't know why. I think it's because an avian predator sure. may be harder to see with the sun beating down in the little rabbit eyes. Yeah. You know, kind of blinding it. Or maybe they feel they're easier to see. That could be. Definitely had better luck on on an overcast day. I cannot speak to that as a, you know, a data point, if you will. The boys and I, Kenny and the boys, uh-huh. we, we like to do a couple of rabbit hunts either. Is that, is that your band? Kenny and the boys, yeah. Okay. We like to do a rabbit hunt or two every year around the area, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we have made that observation several times. The sunny days where it's just picturesque out, mm-hmm. not as good as the cloudy days. Interesting. You talked about a food source. Yep. What do you think these rabbits are liking to uh, chew on? Low shrubbery and usually bark. Mm-hmm. Of course, if there's greens, you're not usually going to find greens in the wintertime. No. But you'll, you'll see like rabbit damage. That's what I was going to say. You can look out yep. for sign. It's yep. going to look like a miniature white-tailed oh, deer rub, yeah. if you will. So... Plum thickets, mm-hmm. sumac, where they kind of grow up in thickets like that. And really any, any veg, I think I've seen them kind of chew anything and everything yeah. that they could. Like you said, briars, yep. brush piles. Yep. I'll say this. One of the uh, best pieces of cover that I've found is like man-made cover. Oh, sure. Old cars, junk piles, yeah. culvert type material. Yep. Don't hesitate to kick or jump on those. Don't cut yourself. Yeah. Make sure you've gotten your tetanus shot. So, so what we like to do when we, when we go to these places, and if, if you're not familiar with where we're at here in Wisconsin, let me describe the ecology a little bit. It's kind of like prairie, but kind of some broken ground a little bit. And we're usually hunting either native prairie grass plantings or cuttings mm-hmm. and, and areas that have kind of grown a bit feral. Not necessarily timber. I've hunted rabbits in the timber, and it's depending on where you're at, that might be the only way you can do this. But these places, usually they've got like shin-high to waist-high grasses in tufts, clumps. We've got some old fence lines, mm-hmm. stands of, like I said earlier, blackberry, sumac, multiflora rose, raspberry. We've got a lot of honeysuckle that's grown around here that's kind of like escaped everybody's yard and, and kind of taken over. And actually, it's surprisingly good cover for things like rabbits. and so we're, we're kind of pounding a lot of that ground. What we like to do is we'll look at an area and we'll see these pockets of cover where we're likely to find rabbits. And we're going to have posters and we're going to have pushers. And we're going to send the pushers, whoever draws a short straw, into that thick cover, hoping that the rabbits squirt out the sides and then the posters mm-hmm. can take the shot. An interesting tactic that we've also kind of honed in on and developed, if you have the terrain, is we'll glass into those thickets. Sure. And we'll look for bunnies sitting, either feeding or, or just resting or sunning or whatever, and then we'll send, we'll send a guy in there and, and get them. And it's not a bad, if you've got a big enough party, have a guy bring a scope 22. 
sometimes that comes in handy. But I can't say that when we are uh, had this on the docket, I pictured somebody, you know, posted up on a on a knob somewhere. Oh, you yes. Know, with their binos locked in on a tripod. A- absolutely. Glassing for rabbits, right? So, so we, we have a particular spot that is a kind of a southern exposure on mm-hmm. a slope that's covered in wild plum. And, I mean, just covered. And the opposing side of this little valley that it's on, it's about 110 yards away maybe. Mm-hmm. We'll have, typically, Kenny will go up there. He'll bring his Marlin Model 60. Mm-hmm. She's got a Crossfire 2-7 to seven on. He'll glass into there, and he'll either call out to us where these rabbits are, <laughs> and we'll go push them to somebody who's, we usually post guys all around the thicket. Rabbit squirts out, we take the rabbit. Sometimes, Kenny has been able to take the shot from his position and has killed rabbits, which is really, really quite nice. I'd say that sounds like an awful lot of fun. It's a hoot, which is why we love doing it every year. Yeah. But without the dogs, and let's back up a little bit, talk about beagles, which is a very commonly used hound for doing this kind of thing. A lot of times you do get your your beagles out, they find a bunny track or bunny scent. They go run that trail Mm -hmm. out. The idea is is that the beagle brings the rabbit back around, right? By pushing it, the rabbit eventually kind of makes a circle. Mm -hmm. And that's it's Fairly characteristic rabbit behaviors will usually make a big circle. Right. So you kind of stay in place. You let the dogs work the rabbits back to you. And it's often very convenient. If you ever get a chance to hunt rabbits over beagles, it is a riot. But if you don't want to deal with a pack of beagles for the remainder of the year, find a buddy who's got them. Try it. It's great. When you, when you don't have them, you, you kind of just got to go full blitzkrieg on the, on the rabbit patch and try to get them out of there. And so that's where I think having a couple of people with you is going to be super handy. Posters and pushers. Yep. Not unlike pheasants, you know. If, if right. You push, yeah. I immediately like went there. Or mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, even deer. Yeah, really. Sure. I mean, it's not. It's just not too different. Sure. It's a ton of fun, and so we usually go with between four and six people. Then we'll go beat the bush and and try to scoot one out of there, and usually have a good time doing it. A casual, social, mm-hmm. fun affair. Mm-hmm. Get some fresh air and exercise, and what. Yep. Potentially could be kind of an off-season time of year. Sure. Probably get breakfast afterwards. Absolutely. Like midday lunch together. Absolutely. Taylor and I did a rabbit hunt a few, that's two years ago. Mm-hmm. We got done. We went back home. We made some rabbit ramen. Oh. I think he and I, I think he and I butchered five bunnies. Okay. That's a good day. Yep. And then uh, we, made a, we made a ramen out of it. Oh, phenomenal. They are good. They're tremendous. Often overlooked. They a lot don't of, get enough credit, I don't feel, on no, the table. No, no. And, you know, they're, they're a vital piece of our nation's hunting history. So many people started on small game. So mm-hmm. many people continue on small game. Yeah. It's a thing. Let us not forget how important bunnies are. Well, do as I say, not as I do, Ryan, because, like I said, these deer tags are uh, they're a burden on my small game endeavors. You know what's great, Mark? Usually... On a hunt like a rabbit hunt, you know, so long as you're not the, the gentleman who has to go into the multiflora rose patch, mm-hmm. you usually have a lot of fun. One squirts out, you get a couple oh, shots. Oh, it's even fun getting in there and getting dirty. And, sure. You know. Sure. You're more likely to get some, some more action than you would if you're just out in the deer woods. And, you know, it's, I just think it's stimulating, engaging, that kind of thing. That's great. Yeah. I do want to talk about equipment real quick. I was just about to ask. Firearm. Preferably small bore shotgun. 
28, really? 20. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're moving and grooving a lot of times. I mean, you might have that opportunity where you, have, you find one posted up or you watch it run and it gets mm-hmm. to a shootable spot. But they're going to try to go from cover to cover. They're not likely to go cover to open and just stay mm-hmm. there, right? So cover to cover. Small bore shotgun, a 410 is kind of an expert's gauge, actually. But a 28, a 20, if all you have is a 12 gauge, that's fine, too. You don't need crazy shot, you know, low, no. base, low base trap loads is totally fine or regular field load, you know, but you don't need to come out there with an ounce and three ace, 1,450 foot per second. No. No, that's, don't worry about that. A rim fire is fine too, but like I said, opportunity for a posted shot on a bunny could, could be tricky unless you've got a terrain situation like we have here. I like to wear a very sturdy pair of pants. And if I'm being super specific, the... Duluth Trading Company fire hose pants. Oh, sure. Because mm-hmm. they are tough as nails. And yeah. I also wear gaiters. So when we we do a, a bunch of brush pile bouncing, mm-hmm. so a particular conservation organization that we frequent the, the terrain, or excuse me, the land that they manage, they do cuttings of invasive plants and things like that, and they just make giant brush piles. Oh, it's, perfect. It's phenomenal critter habitat, and then it's easier for them to clean up or burn, you know, in the off season. Be careful when you're bouncing on a brush pile, though. Oh, yeah. It's easy to fall. Yep. So what we'll do is we'll usually have three or four shooters around the brush pile, mm-hmm. and then we send somebody onto the brush pile, and they're bouncing that brush pile, and they're just trying to agitate the bunnies in there. They squirt out the sides. Hopefully somebody's lucky enough to get a shot. You get kind of torn up doing that, doing the, doing the bouncing. So those really tough pants and a gaiters is good. Well, and it, yeah, yeah, I mean, it just it protects you too. Like sure. you said, you're oftentimes going through pretty thorny stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I said, small bore shotgun, tough pants, good pair of boots. Yep. You're likely and liable to be walking all day, or at least until you get your limit, which I hope you get right away. But that's about it. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Meet your blaze orange requirements for state has them. And like have a really good time. Excuse to get together. Absolutely. Get a crew together. You Absolutely. Know what I mean? Yeah. Fun to hunt, man. I'll let you know if I feel my deer tags. We'll go. Mark, even if you don't, we'll still go. After deer season, they consume me. Unreasonably so. There you have it. No dog rabbit tactics. Can I say one more thing? What? You will have more fun and less anxiety and less anger hunting rabbits with us. I'm not, I'm not anxious or angry. I'm uh, determined. And if you've been so lucky to fill your deer tags, or you just want to change a pace, bunnies, go chase some rabbits. It's fun. And you don't need a dog. Nope. Just need habitat, a couple of friends, and a fast shotgun. And a fast shotgun. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Until next time, good luck out there. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye. See you.